Hi, everyone. This is Caitlin. And this is Jessica. And this is Calling All Spirits. How are you doing this week, Jess? I am good. I am good. I'm excited. About to get to go home for a, for a week. So, I mean, I am just ready to get there. Ready to get over packing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing after this, getting ready for to pack for a week. But yeah, so it's been good. I can't believe we're already in August. That blows my mind. Absolutely. Like, I'm I'm grateful because it means that we are nearing the end of the worst part of summer because, yeah. like, Texas summer doesn't end until November. <laughs> the worst of it will be over in another few weeks. So there's hope, but it's also still blistering out there, like, at 102 with a feel of 106. And so, yeah, no, I can't believe it's August either. Although I was also sick for all of July. So my sense of time is ruined for this year. <gasps> Oh, I know. But July seemed to fly by. Like, I was shocked how quick it went, which I'm not really complaining about that. I know tonight I broke out my Halloween pumpkin mug trying to get in the fall spirit, (laughs) trying to like pretend that it's like in the 70s outside and lovely. Because I'm over summer. Like, I've already started buying Halloween decorations. Like, I'm done with summer. It's time to start Halloween. In your defense, Michael's has Halloween stuff out. When else are you supposed to buy it? Oh, my goodness. And not sponsored, by the way. (laughs) If they want to sponsor us, hey, sounds great. But not sponsored. I went. They have some fabulous stuff this year. I actually actually got decorations for my office. I mean, of course, we'll stay up, like, all year long, but yeah, I feel like Chris always laughs that I go look like when I shop for Halloween, it's like I'm also shopping for home goods too, like things that we'll just use all year round. Oh, absolutely. Like, sure. It's, it's time for shopping for the Halloween season, or as the rest of us know it, shopping for your home decor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's so true. Like some of the glasses I use every day, those came from Spirit Halloween. I mean... But yeah, they've got some really cool stuff this year. I really like it. I haven't been to check it out yet. I need to, though, because I want more stuff in my house. I haven't I haven't added anything to my office in what feels like forever. So I need I need more things. And I also need to go to the funeral museum in Houston and get more of the posters to put up on my wall. Oh, because that's where I don't know if you've seen those or not. That's what like my hallway wall decor is posters from the funeral museum. I have not seen this. We need to go because. I can't believe it, but I have never been to the Funeral Museum in Houston. Oh, my God. How have you not been? They have the best root beer in Houston. I don't. I think it's one of those, like, I keep saying, we're going to go, we're going to go. But one, my husband doesn't want to go with me. And two, I don't really know how my child would handle it. Even though he likes spooky, creepy, I just feel like there'd be a lot more questions that I'm not really ready to answer. (laughs) About that topic. But no, we need to go together. Absolutely. We should bring uh, our spirit guide too, because she is also a hoot to go with. She was nice enough to go with me for my birthday four years ago. Wow. I think it was four years ago. It was the second or third time I'd been. Yeah, no, Brie went with me and we got, because we wanted to get the root beer so that we could do uh, Viking funeral root beer floats. We wanted to set alcohol on fire and then pour it into the root beer float. (laughs) And it was a whole hoot. We absolutely loved it. But we needed their root beer because their root beer is some of my favorite. And yes, the Funeral Museum has root beer because there's a whole history of root beers being tied to funeral uh, homes, apparently, in well, Texas. Okay, as I was say, please explain because I do not know this. Like, do they make it in-house? Like, it's their own? I think 
they used to. I don't think I don't know if the museum ever made it in house, but um, they have the bottles, like a six pack of the bottles, in the mm. gift shop. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's fabulous. Like I always want to go into the gift shop and buy way too many things. Oh yeah, no, that that's fabulous. No, absolutely. All three of us need to go, and I can get more home decor, and you can spend way too much money on things that you absolutely need, and Brianna can resist the urge to buy things that she is trying not to buy because she wants to move sometime soon. Oh, yeah. No, that would be great. And I love root beer. Like, whenever we go to, like, St. Arnold's, they all get the beer, and I'm just pumped to get the root beer. So I will be super happy. Maybe we, ooh, and maybe we could talk about it after. We'll have to, like, yes. Well, very cool. I I love that. That sounds fun. It'll actually be a good time to uh, try out some of the things we're going to be talking about today because we have the different ways of sensing spirits and there are some hot spots in the funeral museum, in my opinion. So we should probably explain what we're talking about today, though, so we're not just obliquely talking around and around and around the topic of the day. Yes, and you're going to have to tell me more about the hot spots later because I, I want to hear more about that. But you're right. These will help you when you go. And what we're talking about today is the Claire's. And we thought this would be a really good topic because when we're going to be talking about some of these mediums, and we have mentioned them in previous episodes, we'll talk about they were clairvoyance or clair, they had clairaudience. And you may be wondering, what is that? So we're going to explain the clairs and kind of break them down a little bit for you today. So just a little background. Of course, spirit is always around us and they're sending us information. And we receive that information through a variety of ways. So it's just like the senses everyone uses in their day-to-day life, like sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. It's the same senses you use when you're connecting with spirit. Now, the English language prefix clair comes from the French clair, meaning clear. So it just means clear. And clairvoyance is believed to be the first clair to enter the English language in the mid-19th century in text concerned with the legacies of mesmerism. Hey, we know that topic. <laughs> we do. What do you think, Caitlin? Do you have anything? Um, So it's not so much as a thought as it is me sharing my oblivion to topics occasionally. There is a fantasy series. Uh, it's the Abhorson book series by Garth Nix. The audiobooks are read by Tim Curry, so they are amazing. But the second book, it concerns a young girl who lives in the enclave of the Clares. And it took me way too long to figure out why they were called the Clares. Because I didn't process that, you know, clairvoyance, clairaudience. I'm like, oh yeah, those are all Clares. <laughs> so when you mention the topic for this episode, I'm like, I know what that is! Because I was so proud of myself for eventually figuring it out. <laughs> I love it. And it and it's so important because when you're starting to study mediumship or when you're developing as a psychic, I feel like they always start with the clairs. Like that is the basics you have to learn. So that's so cool. Yeah. I don't know why it took me long to figure it out because it's the prefix in literally all of these words, but <laughs> it is I, I, I do really like that he utilized it in the book series. I think that was really cool. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think it's only appropriate to start with clairvoyance because I think this is what people hear all the time and they hear about clairvoyance. And I so I want to explain that a little more because I think sometimes there's a misconception about it as well. So clairvoyance just means clear seeing. So it's the most visual of the clairs. 
Now, the definition is the ability to see discarnate spirit forms. So it's when you receive messages from spirit. And when I when we talk about how you see them, we are talking about third eye. We're not not right in front of you, but with your third eye. It's when you see images. Sometimes it looks like a mini movie is playing. Sometimes they can be literal. Sometimes they can be metaphorical or symbols. But it's all the information is coming to you through pictures and images. Now, this isn't to be confused with objective scene, which is very rare. But think that's which is interesting. It's extremely rare, but that's what they always show in the movies is objective scene. And that's when it's like you're looking at someone in spirit as if they're a human standing right in front of you. The sixth sense. Absolutely. Yeah, the sixth sense. Perfect example. Ghost whisperer. Great example. That is called objective scene. And it's very, very rare. Most people have just clairvoyance. So it's more with your third eye. Another misconception is some people use the term clairvoyant as if it were synonymous with psychic. So they may say a psychic is a clairvoyant, and they may be clairvoyant, but that's just one of the many clairs they're actually using. So I, I think sometimes they people just think if you're a psychic, you're clairvoyant, and they don't kind of realize that they're two different things. Oh, no, for sure. And then I have a question on that topic because yeah. I never really thought about it too focused at mm-hmm. all. But is there a distinction between visions of the future versus visions of the now when it comes to clairvoyance? Or is it just because you're seeing it in your mind's eye, it counts as clairvoyance? As far as I know, yes. As long as you're seeing it in your mind's eye. So to counter the the objective seeing of things like the sixth Mm -hmm. sense and the ghost whisperer, this would be more like the old school uh, original series Charmed or That's So Raven. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, guys. I haven't seen those shows. (laughs) I can't. No, you haven't seen That's So Raven. You would enjoy. Actually, you'd probably get a kick out of Raven's House, the newer one that was done with them as adults. Oh, Um, okay. Just because it's it's basic sitcom absurdity, Mm -hmm. but with psychic visions. Oh! Very cool. I I will definitely check it out. Yeah, with objective scene, I know there are people that can do this. I but I like my mentor started off like this when she would read for people. Their loved one in spirit would appear standing behind them, just like they were living. And so, I mean, that's super easy. You could be like, "Well, he has dark hair. He's like five feet five. He's this. He's this." And and it was so easy for her at the beginning because it's just like what you see on TV. But she lost it. Oh, no. One one night she went out on stage and there, she couldn't see anything. They were all gone. That's horrible. It, I know. Like, how terrifying. But that's when she started, not to get ahead, but it is our next Claire. But that's when she started her Claire hearing and, like, her Claire knowing. So she said without it that, how, I mean, she couldn't teach if it was just that easy a scene. Um, how does she teach somebody that? But it was, I think in a way it was preparing her to be a teacher because it's like she had to learn how to do it all over again and therefore she can teach people how to do it. Anyway, but she's one of the few I've ever heard of that can do this. So the next question that I have, I'm acting like you're the teacher. This is hilarious. What is it when when you touch things and you can see stuff about it? Oh, I psychometry. Psychometry. Yes. yes. <laughs> we both got it at the same time. So would psychometry also qualify as a form of clairvoyance? Yes. Well, okay. It can. I say... So let me explain. So when you touch it, it depends. You may get images, which then would be clairvoyance. Somebody may start hearing things, which could be clairaudience. So not, so yes, you could be using clairvoyance when you touch it, but you could also be, you don't, 
You could also be using one of the other Claire's and not clairvoyant. So it kind of depends on, or you could be having them all happening at the same time with psychometry. In that case, psychometry would basically be the approach and whatever Claire you use would be the technique. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, great. These are great questions. (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've not thought this concretely or this focusedly on this topic ever so like yes I have notes about things I want to bring up but I'm also thinking in person I'm like oh yeah what about that other thing oh yeah what about this thing so I'm gonna be all over the place y'all and I am very sorry no I think it, we all learn and and I promise I I do not pretend to say I know everything about the Claire's at all so mm-hmm. I'm not an expert but um I've learned some basics about them we'll put it that way so the next Claire is Claire audience, which is clear hearing. So this is when you are able to hear voices or messages from spirit. Now with Claire audience, it will not be the voice in your head. It will actually sound like someone else. That makes sense. It's kind of like distinct from what was it when you called the, you were describing the spirit messages from spirit where you can hear them in the room, but everyone can hear them at the same time. Oh, that's direct. Vo- there we go. Yeah, direct yes. voice. Yes. So this is different, though, because you're the only one who can hear them. It just sounds distinct from what's inside your head. Right. Yes. All right. Well, then to add a quick warning to people, um, this may also not be spirit because there are quite a few um, spirits that are native to different lands, including the Fae, who will sound like loved ones calling your name. Don't go into the swamp or the woods or the creek because, yeah, just just don't. (laughs) So scary. So scary. Yeah. This can also include hearing music playing. And um, so you may hear songs or music pop into your head. That's usually associated with Claire audience. And I thought this was interesting. You may be inclined towards Claire audience if you're naturally attuned towards sound or music. You may be just naturally more Claire audience. Same with clairvoyance. If you're an artist or a really visual person, you may be, that may be one of your stronger Claire's. Now, this is really interesting. And this is only what I have learned. So kind of my opinion and my mentor's opinion. So I'll put that out there. I've learned that this Claire audience is one of the only Claire's you won't use if you're working psychically. So if you're working psychically, you may be clairvoyant, clairsentient, and so forth, but you won't get Claire audience because Claire audience only comes when you're working with spirit. That is confusing to me as a weird line to draw in the sand because if you're working, actually, you know what? Better question. What 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 does she mean by psychic work? Because that might help. Otherwise, this is a weird line yeah. to draw in a massive shade of gray. So, <laughs> clarification of terms. Hey, we are who we are. We, um, yeah. What does she? What is? How does she use the word psychic? Absolutely. And again, this is my mentor. But how she uses the word psychically is when you're working psychically, you you're not going to spirit at all. You are tuning in with the person in front of you. It's a soul to soul reading. So if I was reading for Caitlin, I would be tuning in to Caitlin's soul, to her energy, and I'm not speaking with her loved ones that are in spirit. So let's say I'm working with Caitlin psychically and all of a sudden I hear a a male's voice in my ear or really any voice that's not Caitlin, that is spirit. So now I have switched to mediumship. Because if I'm blended with your soul, I'm not going to hear, say, like some old man. That's not going to, I'm not going to hear that. But that could be one of your loved ones in spirit. But now I've gone mediumship. Does that make a little more sense? Like, I should only be your voice is what I should be hearing. (laughs) 
No, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Although it does bring up another question. What does she have a third word for when you're picking up on somebody's guides? Like their spirit guides? That is a great question because she does believe in spirit guides and that we all have guides. But I'll be honest, I don't know. We haven't discussed that. And if you are tuning in, I, I, I don't know. I'll have to find out. Because that's like that's a breaking down mm-hmm. what she means by psychic work versus mediumship. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. But I wouldn't consider picking up on you what your guides are trying mm-hmm. to tell you. I, I would not consider that mediumship. Right. It may, may be something different. Absolutely. And it's a wonderful question to ask her to find out. All right. So that we just need a third word for this to make sense. Otherwise, that makes a lot more sense. Because, yeah, if I'm tuning in directly to you. If, if, if I'm hearing a voice that isn't yours, then yeah, no, that would not be psychic work according to no. that definition. No, okay. but it yeah. could be a love. This is this is why we clarify terms. <laughs> hey, it's wonderful. And and I'm still learning these things. So but that's my best understanding right now is that's that's what the differences are. So okay. but that is Claire audience. And this is this was one of my first Claire's that developed because I started I hear and I still do this. I hear music a lot. I don't necessarily hear other people's voices, but I get songs and I hear music start playing in my head a lot. I legitimately wonder if this is the cause of most earworms. <gasps> like when you have a song that this pops into your head and won't leave you alone for hours on end. Now that I'm looking at this breakdown, is it Claire audience? I mean, it's a valid point. And also, why is spirit doing that to us? <laughs> right? Like, could your message be a little clearer? Sometimes the message makes perfect sense. Yes. But like other times I'm like, what What does Abba have to do with me picking up a message for somebody? Did Did somebody actually play a song and I just didn't hear it consciously and now it's in my head? Or... Is there a message? Of t- I, I haven't been able to think in the past when I can't get a song out of my head and I don't know where it came from. I will sit and be like, is this trying to tell me something? And then I've got nothing because like it's like trying to eat ice cream and hoping for nutrition. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's too funny. I don't know, but it's a great point. I mean, why not? I think put it out there. If you ever just randomly get a song pop in your head or it won't stop, there could be a message to that. Absolutely. I mean, it's worth checking in with yourself and finding out whenever it happens. I mean, experiment time. It is. I've only heard a voice once or twice. And I won't go into the whole story because we'll save that for another podcast. But one time it was a man screaming. And I didn't realize at the time it was clear audience. So I thought I was about to get attacked. I'm locking doors. I'm like crawling and peeking out windows, looking where this horrible man that's screaming is. And it wasn't until I talked to a coworker that was literally standing outside when all this was going down. And I'm like, did you hear that man screaming? And she's like, I didn't hear anything. Mm. And it weirded me out so much. So once I got over the, okay, I'm shaking and kind of in tears, I was like, wow, there was some clear audience right there. Yeah, I uh, I don't experience clear audience very much, and I'm very okay with that because I am a very audio person. Uh huh. But that would be very upsetting for me not not because I would be upset that it was coming from spirits. Mm-hmm. I'd be upset that I thought it was somebody trying to get my attention that I had to do like in the physical. Right. Because my when it comes to audio, my brain immediately thinks you know physical dimension of life. Yeah. It's also why I have so many animals, because three cats and a dog, you can explain every bump in your house. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
Well, the next one, and this is honestly one of my favorites, and I feel like a lot of people overlook this one, but it's clairsentience, which is clear feeling. So it's physical feelings in your body from spirit or the ability to sense spirit. And this one, again, with clarification of terms, sense them like you can sense they're near you or sense them like they're touching you. This is a great question, and and I'm not sure because I know what you're talking about. Like, I've felt myself being touched, so I'm going to say maybe. I know it's more of like, at least in my experience and what we've worked on, it's more like feeling, kind of like an empath. Like, you feel their emotions. You feel how they would feel. If they're happy, you're going to feel happy. Um, I have heard, but I've also heard people like if, say, they had bad teeth or their mouth hurt, you may start, your mouth may start hurting. Or like the other day I had a sharp pain in my stomach and I felt, and um, the person had had, well, it had this horrible like injury to the stomach and it was like I was feeling that. So that, I, I haven't had that as much like the physical pain and stuff. It's more of like the emotions, but that's a great question. I'm not sure it sounds like. It would be, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, because like when you feel things, you can feel them physically and you can feel them emotionally. And if you think about the version of it where you feel like someone's watching you, whether it's Mm -hmm. physical or in spirit, this might be one of the most common ones because people who feel like they're being watched in their house or feeling like they're being watched uh, while in a different place, like that one I hear probably the most often. The flip side of that is this one's probably the strongest one I've got because we've talked about it in the past where if we worked as a team, we could give you the name and their experiences and where they lived from you and we could find them and figure out why they're hanging out or why they're in a cranky mood and the house feels weird from me because that's all I can ever do. I actually had a friend uh, this last weekend. I actually got to see her in person. It was so nice to be out of quarantine. But she was talking about a spirit that she's been picking up in her apartment. She and her husband Mm -hmm. have both picked up on him. Actually, they've seen him. Mm -hmm. And I could, like, pick up through her what some of his emotions were because he wasn't super angry or anything. It was just a weird setup. And Mm -hmm. that's that's my default setting is what are they feeling and why are they coming through? That's awesome. Why are you even here is kind of how I feel with people and with spirits. (laughs) I have this problem with people, too. Yeah, no, that like that sensation of how they feel and the empathy that goes Mm -hmm. with it or the empathic setting. This one, this one, this is the one I have the most experience with by far because it's the one that works the best. And I blended a little bit with the next one because I do feel like that empathic sensation comes Uh with that sense of knowing what's going on. Yeah, they do. And that's that's really cool. And I never thought about but you're right when people or when they walk into a place and they just get a weird feeling like something's not right. That's very much clairsentience. It's like your gut feelings. When you get those gut feelings, and this usually is around your solar plexus. And when when we're working, I feel like here, I think in the past it was all about like clairvoyance. Everybody wants to be a clairvoyant. And I think in the past couple of years, they've really switched to starting off with the focus on the clairsentience because they said if you're good with your clairsentient and you feel spirit first, it's so much more powerful and then you can get the visions and then you can get this. But I've noticed my mentors and I've taken from a few, they are so focused now on the clairsentient and they that they want you to fill them first before you get a vision, before you get anything else. So it's really interesting how important 
this one is and how they're really focusing on this one so much now. And it can be overwhelming. I mean, if you and you've probably experienced this too. If I'm connecting, like I connected with a husband that loved his wife so much and had so much love for her. I was like, and and I try to control myself because I don't want to be like, my husband called me the crying medium when I first started this. (laughs) but, but But sometimes you feel their emotions so strongly, you do cry or you start laughing. Like it's just, or I've even had some that come through, not that they're angry now in spirit, but just to show you what they were like in life and maybe they weren't the nicest in life. So you feel at first, and I've had somewhere I'm like, I just want to punch somebody. It's just, it's amazing how you feel all the emotions and it can make you cry sometimes. Yeah, I've seen you cry because of it. (laughs) I'm getting better. I'm getting, I'm getting better because I'm like, you can't cry through every reading. And, and it does get easier the more you do it. But that husband the other day, it was on Valentine's Aww. Day. And I just kept apologizing. I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> but it was just such overwhelming love, which is amazing, actually. It's really amazing. But I'm like, I, I so apologize. I'm crying through like this whole reading. But they were crying. I was crying. It, it ended up being okay. It was a whole healing thing and it was fine. Yes. But no, I'm glad that everybody or that a lot of more of the teachers are focusing on the clairsentience. Just, and this is probably a little bit of my experience because this is the strongest one for me. But I feel like if you can't check into or click into what they're feeling, you can't explain why they're there. So like, yeah, you can explain yes. down to the thread count what your grandmother is wearing, but why is she here? Yes. Yes. And so absolutely, as far as being able to prove that there there is life after death to an extent, as far as the spiritualist church, for example, is trying to do. Right. That perfectly valid and useful and important but right. at least from my approach to life why is my grandmother bothering me like what's what what what's going on and you i feel yeah. like you need the clear feeling or mm-hmm. the next one which i mean i keep cutting ahead because i feel like they're so tied That's clear okay. feeling and clear cognizance are so intertwined in my brain yes no we can jump down to that so clear cognizance is clear knowing. So, and sometimes, and even myself, I'm still, sometimes you, I get them confused with clear audience too. It's, especially when you're learning, it's very easy to think you're getting clear audience, but it's clear cognizance. But clear cognizance with clear knowing, it's like, it's, it's like you just know things. That's the easiest way to say it. It's a sudden knowing. It's like an insight you get or a download of information. No, yeah, that makes absolutely the most sense. Honestly, I can, so, Tearing away from how I blend them together, uh-huh. claircognizance lives in my brain like the Matrix. <laughs> they just download <laughs> how to fly a helicopter into your brain. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm not going to wake up like Keanu Reeves and say I know Kung Fu. I do compare them very similarly. Uh, when or I compare them similarly in my daily life. But when I break them down, they're very different. So this yes. one, this one is a do as I say and not as I do kind of situation. <laughs> But yeah, no, I blend them so often in my mind because I feel like em- empathically, if I feel how you're feeling, it's a sudden knowing in my mind that you're upset or you're stressed or you're right. trying desperately not to punch somebody in your office. Like it's it's something <laughs> they're oh they're so similar and intertwined in my brain in my yeah. daily practice. That, I mean, that makes sense that and you explained it beautifully. I think why it's easy sometimes to confuse clear audience and clear cognizance, because just definition, it seems very basic, like it's it's somebody else's voice. But when you're first developing, when you hear things in your head, 
it's your voice, so it's claircognizance, but sometimes it is confusing, like, is this spirit or is this clair? So I, if you, if you're just learning the clairs and, and working and these get confusing, I feel like that happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, the, they kind of get mixed up. For sure. And it doesn't help that especially comparing claircognizance and clairaudience, that's the purpose of language. As I'm talking, you yes. understand what I'm saying. And you yeah. don't necessarily process that you're actively hearing my voice as you're processing what I'm saying. Right. You're mostly processing the knowledge that I'm say I, I'm imparting by saying the things. So yeah. blending those two and empathy, those those three I can see getting crisscrossed so easily. It's mm-hmm. not even funny. Like it, that that makes perfect sense. So yeah, if you're having trouble blending them, and you're or if you blend them and you're having trouble separating them, that's what I meant to say. Don't feel bad. That's how human existence works. Yes, and we're all <laughs> learning. And the ones we've talked about now, these are the most I would say common. Claire's. We have two more, but these are the most common. These are what people experience. And if you're just developing, you may start out only being clairvoyant. And that's it. And you don't get the feeling. When I started out developing, I'm kind of like you, Caitlin. My clairsentience was really strong. I never got an image. It took like a year before one day it was like, bam, I got my first image. And and usually people have one clair that's just naturally going to be strong for them. And you do develop the other ones. The goal is to have them all working beautifully together and you're using all of them. But it does, for a lot of people, it takes time to develop one. And here's what's interesting. And I've experienced this. Say you've got one really good And like I started getting clairvoyant visions. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm getting images now. My clairsentience is like, wait, I can't feel anymore. I can't feel anymore. And it's it's not that they ever go away. They never go away. But it's like sometimes when you're building up one, it's it's almost like the spirits know, let's focus on like we're gonna focus on that. But yeah, it takes time to kind of get them all working together unless you're just one of those lucky people that are just born and it's so easy for you. But for most of us, this takes a lot of practice and work. I mean, lucky is a flexible concept because I feel like you were born having all of these very strong, then dealing with third dimensional humans is going to get on your last nerve because no one will ever believe you. So no, for sure. But as far as being a working and functional psychic and medium, having them all up working and like powered on a solid five at all times. Yeah, no, that happens so rarely. It does. Yeah, except for the people that have been doing this for years. And it just takes practice because I I noticed the more I practice, it's like, oh, this one's getting a little stronger now. Like I'm building this one up now. For sure. I actually, um, my clairvoyance never really fully kicked in because, and so again, Caitlin doesn't come with things normally. I started (laughs) trying to see the Fae in my house growing up. And clear, clear knowing, absolutely, I've got that one. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of empathicness needed, although, or I don't know, I blend them together. <laughs> claircognizance and clairsentience count as the same thing, mm-hmm. at least when I'm dealing with this. But I could never, no matter how hard I tried, I could never see mm. any of the spirits or any of the house spirits, which are slightly different, mm-hmm. or any of the house fae, anybody. But I did manage to find a version that I compare to... It's like if you could blend a peripheral vision and echolocation, that's how I see them. Oh, like, very It's like cool. going out the side of my eyes and I can narrow down where they are and I can tell you more or less what they look like, but I am not seeing it with the main part of my vision at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my clairvoyance does not work right, which given that I've worn glasses for most of my life is probably a good thing. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Well, okay. I have, this actually helped me and it sounds crazy. 
And when my teacher told me to do this, I was like, like, I almost wanted to cry because I think most of us, me included, I always, I usually read with my eyes closed or when I'm tuning in, I close my eyes. And when she said, no, you have to keep your eyes open. You can't close your eyes. And I'm like, I nearly started crying. I'm like, how do I tune in without closing my eyes? She's like, eyes open. That's when I got my first clairvoyant image. Interesting. And she said, she goes, when your eyes, now, some people obviously can be clairvoyant with their eyes closed. I'm not saying that. But I was having trouble and she was right. When I kept my eyes open, bam, I started getting clairvoyant. So it's just a tip. I know it sounds scary and crazy, (laughs) but just try it. I read with my eyes open. I just don't like I I look down into the right or down into the side. I don't I don't look at the person most often when I'm reading, but I also don't look at people in conversation. This is actually I'm I'm exploring how much it's going to cost to get an autism diagnosis. Eye contact is hard for me. Yeah. And if I'm really, really listening, I'm looking down and to the side. And that's how I feel when I'm doing readings. I'm looking down and to the side or up and to the side if I can't quite hear right. Like if it's coming through clear, yeah. it's down and to the side. And if I'm having trouble picking up on what's going on, then I start looking up and around. But my eyes are always open. I actually can't read with my eyes shut. I get distracted. Well, then you'd be perfect. No, and I I, I do the same thing, Caitlin. I, I usually kind of look down or I usually look to my right because that's where I feel spirit. So it's almost like I'm having a conversation with them. But yeah, so you would be great. All of us that read with our eyes closed, we were like, <laughs> no, like I, we were like, we can't do it. We can't do it. And she's like, open your eyes. It's like, oh, OK, <laughs> but it worked. It actually worked. So that's so good. I'm glad it worked for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So you would be a pro. You'd be in the class and you'd be like, OK, we don't have to worry about Caitlin. She's got her eyes open. <laughs> like She's fine. <laughs> that part I'd be fine at. But we all know that I suck at following instructions properly. And I'd be like. <laughs> Eyes are open, absolutely. I can't see anything, nor can I pick up on the person in front of me, but your grandmother's bugging the hell out of me and you need to stop. Hey, and that's okay. That's okay. It's all beautiful. It all works. So the last two we're going to talk about, they, you, um, a lot of people develop these, but I will say they're a little more rare and that the first one is clear salience and that is clear smelling. Well, I say it's rare, but I think we do this and don't realize it. So let me explain it. So it's clear smelling. It's it's odors that can be perceived, but they're not actually there. So if example, like say you're sitting in your house and all of a sudden you wear or you smell the perfume your grandmother used to always wear. Or you're sitting there and you smell like cigarette smoke and there's no cigarettes in your house. That would be clear salience. Yeah, that I'm so glad that you were like, wait, I feel like it's not rare yes. and it's more people do it without realizing it. Because I was going to say, in all honesty, I think this one is by far the most common. It probably is. And it doesn't help that I have so many smokers in my family because <laughs> I will spontaneously smell cigarettes. And based on what kind of or not sm- cigarettes necessarily, I'll smell tobacco burning. Mm-hmm. And based on what kind of tobacco I can smell, I'm like, I know which one it is or isn't because my grandfather wow. smoked cigars. Mm. They were cheap cigars, bless him. But I know that that's not one of the others. Mm-hmm. Like, because I can still walk through a crowd of cigarette smokers. And I can pick up which tobacco is what. Like, wow. I know when it's Marlboro. I know when it's Camels. I know when it's Virginia <laughs> Slims. Because I have specific family members who smell them all. And if I see them in my head, I'm, I know what smell it is. Yeah. But in general, no, because people, we hear we hear accounts of people smelling, like you said, perfume. Right. Or they'll smell, I have family members that smell like mothballs and I don't like it, but I also don't like them and that might be part of the problem. <laughs> uh, my favorite one that I've yet to experience, but I love it so much when I hear about it, is when they smell like it's something baking. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. I haven't I ever love, experienced that either. Neither. Oh, my God. And I, it smells so good, like, in my brain. I'm like, I would love to walk into my house and smell, like, cookies or something baking and knowing yes. it's, like, my great aunt or my mother or somebody coming through. But I never get that one. I get mothballs and tobacco smoke. <laughs> my goodness i get i get perfume like i i a lot of times i'll like get in my car get somewhere random and i'll smell my grandmother's perfume for like a second but then at the where i work in a historic area we've had this happen on so many occasions that we'll be outside one of the homes and we'll sell, smell cigarette smoke but like strong and we look around and there's nobody in the area like they should be next to you and you should be choking on the smoke yes. because it's so strong but yes there's no one there and you're not choking because it's not real smoke right and and it's and it's not just me like several staff members will will and it's it's kind of become common because we'll be there and we'll be like do you smell it they're like yep and we're like cigarette smokes back but you're right that's a good clarification like it is so strong it's like somebody's right next to you with a cigarette so because all of your coworkers like they'll smell it and that happened where I was working too. I haven't had this conversation with my current coworkers, but when you're talking about, you know, spirits in a cemetery, mm-hmm. it's a little more disconcerting than if you're in a historic home. Right. But the smell always comes through and it's mostly for other people. It's almost like mes- uh, voices from spirit, but mm-hmm. via smell. Mm-hmm. That one happens all the time and I don't know why it's odors that come through. That one, it's it's by far, it's got to be the most common and the most often shared. Yes, I, I, I agree. So yeah, so that's a really cool one. And the last one, and please forgive me with my Texas accent. I'll probably butcher this, but <laughs> apologies in advance. But it's Claire Gustans, Claire Gustans, and it's clear tasting. So that's uh, clear tasting and sensing things through taste without a physical source. So it allows you to receive um, a taste in your mouth from spirit. So it's like suddenly tasting like a piece of cake in your mouth or even a cigarette in your mouth. They're just it's when they just appear. But none of that is present. I have to wonder if it is the same or different or if this is a neurodivergency thing. This may not be a thing that's shared amongst the majority of society. But when you are trying to figure out what you're craving because you can't quite figure out what Mm. your body wants... I go through the tastes in my mouth of mac and cheese or salad or ice cream or water or coffee or hot Mm -hmm. chocolate. Like I'll work through the flavors in my mouth and I don't know if if this is any different or if it comes across the same way. But this is internally triggered versus externally triggered by a spirit. Right, right. And can I blame spirits for craving weird food sometimes? (laughs) <laughs> probably but I think I think that's brilliant what you just said because one of my mentors we just did this in class we go through different Claire's and he had us do the exercise basically what you just did and it'd be like okay now taste peppermint in your mouth or now taste this in your mouth to help build up that Claire so you're already doing it which is so cool but I don't ever have it triggered by spirits as far as I know unless that's why I randomly crave BLTs despite not being able to eat them for 20 years See, I haven't had it triggered by spirit yet either. And that's why I think what makes them sometimes kind of rare, kind of like the clear smelling. Like if it happens, it happens randomly, but I haven't had it happen like in a session yet where uh, I start smelling it. That's true. But I but but I do know mediums that do have it often. So I think it's like almost one of the, kind of like a muscle, like all these. I think you kind of like build it up. So that's why I think a lot of people consider them a little more rare of the Claire's to have happen like in a session 
That's fair. I, I, I will grant that clear smelling and clear tasting almost never happen on purpose. Yeah. I, I, I Only in like more experienced mediums have I heard them like say, well, like the one you know that you took classes from here uh, in town. She's starting to have this happen more. Like oh. I was watching her doing a lot a dim and she's like, okay. And it was amazing because the spirit she had was big into cooking and she's like now I'm tasting this and now it's and she was describing all these different she's like now I taste and it was like a whole almost dim just on food and it was so cool to watch her do it and getting specific not even like I taste cake but like chocolate cake with the raspberries I'm making this up but like really detailed and I was like, that is a lesson in the clear tasting right there. That is that is glorious. And yeah. I'm suddenly thinking, like, bless, I'm so glad the two people I'm thinking of are not currently past. Like, they are living people in the now. Right. But I can absolutely think of examples that if they were trying to come through, like, with one of them, the one that you know that was where mm-hmm. I used to work, if he was coming through, it would be like smoked spices and it would mm-hmm. be like pork belly and it would be things that were very smell forward, but smell and yeah. flavor combined. And the other one would be baked goods that taste weird because she does a lot of ke- uh, keto baked goods. <laughs> like they're good and it's amazing and it's like bread, but it's not. I know who that is. <laughs> like I can see both of them coming through with food related things that are smelling and tasting. Yes. But I don't have those people, I guess, in my repertoire normally. So it's not something that needs to come through for me to know who it is. Well, there you go. That's probably why. If if they weren't known for that, then yeah, they, they may not bring that up. I didn't think about that either. Because, and spirit, this is a great point. Spirit kind of, I mean, granted, we have to build up our clears and we want them all working. But like, say you have somebody that was very, that wasn't emotional, was very standoffish, wouldn't have been... Now, first of all, you can still feel that Claire with Claire sentience. Like I can feel like I have someone that's very standoffish. Yeah, absolutely. That would be entirely how I picked up on them. They feel reserved and isolated, but it's their own fault. <laughs> right, but they may not want to use my Claire sentience as much because they weren't that type of person. They want to. They may want to use my clairvoyance more because that they may be more comfortable or claircognizance. So you're still getting their feeling, but they that might not be the Claire they're the most comfortable. Where I could see if you had someone that was lovey and huggy and all this, they may use your clairsentience a lot more because that's how they want to come through. So it's it's very interesting how it all works. I lo- I'm fascinated by the clairs. And the more I learn about them, just the more fascinated I get. Oh, absolutely. And given the new perspective on why somebody might come through with clairgustance or clairsalience, mm-hmm. like the reasons why you would come through with a smell or a mm-hmm. taste... That is the best excuse I've ever heard for why you need to practice all of them. Because you don't know how they're going to want to come through. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't just be like, I'm really good at clairvoyant. That's all I'm going to do. No, because you may be missing out on so much information. Like, yeah, you have to. And it's a long process. (laughs) It's It's not easy. I mean, and you know this, Caitlin. I mean, mediumship and psychic work, it's not for the faint of heart. Like, it's not, like, it is, it is a practice. It, and you're always evolving. You're never done. No. You're never finished. Absolutely not. There's always something more to learn, but that's how I feel about life in general. So it's not a foreign (laughs) concept or difficult for me to process because like, yeah, no, as soon as I'm out of things to learn, kill me. Yeah, exactly. Or when I think I'm out of things to learn. Mm Mm-mm. 
Well, if I think I'm out of things to learn, prove me wrong. You don't have to kill me. Um, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, if go. I ever yeah. hit the point of absolute knowledge of all things in all ways and I have nothing new to learn, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Hopefully that won't happen for a very, very, very long time. The odds of that happening are so infinitesimal. It's not even funny. <laughs> I know. I know. Just when we're talking, we're like, okay, that's going to be a future topic. We've got to learn that. That's going to be a future topic. We've got to learn that. Dude, podcast episodes alone, we are so never going to be done with it. <laughs> well, and, and I may come back in a year and be like, guess what I learned about clairsentience? And it's all, it's even more. It's all this and this and this and this. So, I mean, I, it's. I may have completely different opinions in a year, the more I learn, you know? True. I mean, I already changed opinions, getting different clarifications of terms. And like, I it never occurred to me to split clear feeling and clear knowing. Because mm-hmm. they're so mm-hmm. intertwined in my brain. Yeah. Like, I literally had to have two different concepts after reading over notes to be like, oh, yeah, that one's like the Matrix and this one's like instinctive and, and right. or in, empathic abilities. But because they're so intertwined in my brain, never even occurred to me to split them up. So I've already right. learned something new today and processed something differently because it was presented to me in a new and shiny way. And so I got to learn things and like clear smelling. I've known about that forever because there are always weird smells in my house. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> never occurred to me that tasting something would be a thing. Yeah. And, and you don't have to like you split them up definition wise, but I think it's beautiful that yours are so blended together because that's what it all should be. It should be a beautiful blend. But when you break them down, yeah, you kind of separate them all out. It's, and that's a good point for anybody that's new to this. It's not like you're you're like, I'm going to be clairvoyant now. OK, I'm done. I'm going to be clear. No, they should. You should be seeing things while you're feeling things. like. So I think it's beautiful. Yours are already blended and together and working together because it should all be kind of like a harmony. They're all getting along. They're all working at the same time. They work together and they betray me together when it comes to earworms and food cravings that I cannot explain. Um, they all work in concert and it's for my good or yes. my ill because... I don't I don't know why I'm craving things sometimes or where I get these songs, but if I can blame spirit for them, that yeah. might make my nutritionist happy because I'll stop eating things I shouldn't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the song. Like, sometimes I'll get completely random songs. Absolutely. And, like, I'm almost scared. Yeah, and, like, when I'm with a client, I'm almost scared to tell them. I'm like, okay, this is really random. But usually that's the best evidence is when you're like, this is crazy, but I'm going to tell you that's the best. But the one, the music I get the most, and maybe it's just because when I've read for people, I've touched, I've tapped into like their grandparents or that generation, but big band music. And I'll start hearing Glenn Miller. That's the one I, and I think it's just because it's a lot of grandparents, but I get, and I'm like Glenn Miller. And they're like, that was like their favorite. But I'll get, I get big band music a lot. Given that you live in Texas, I'm surprised you don't get more Waylon Jennings or uh, Merle Haggard. No, I got that the other day, though, because I had a cowboy <laughs> and he came through so strong, a cowboy. And I knew I was like, it's the old, the greats. Um, what's the other one? I've gotten the only other one I've gotten. A, and I don't get clear yeah. audience all the time. Like, it's not like my real common uh, Frank Ooh. Sinatra. I was like, I'm getting ra- I'm getting Frank Sinatra. And they're like, yeah, big Frank Sinatra fan. I was like, OK. And but then sometimes I'll get music and I'm like, what it, what, it, what is this? And then you always kind of panic and it's like. It's got trumpets. It's got like you're trying to You know what? The same reason we need to make sure that as mediums and, oh, 
psychic work, we need to make sure that we're familiar with different uh, time periods of clothing. Mm -hmm. We need to expose ourselves to different genres of music so that we can do that better. Oh, you're exactly. No, that's 100% right. I think it was I was listening to John Holland. I think it was him who was talking about like he'll study maps. So he'll know like so if somebody gives him a place, he knows what it is. Or like you said, they'll listen to all types of music or the the guy and the gentleman I've been taking from recently who I adore. He's big on smells. So, like, if there's a new perfume that comes out or a new clone, he's smelling it. So, Ooh. he can pick out, like, kind of like you can do with, like, the different cigarettes. Yeah. He'll be like, that's whatever perfume from whenever. No, you're exactly right. They say we need to do that. Expose ourselves to so much. So, when it comes through. I also had a food once. And I didn't know. Oh, it was cabbage rolls. But I've never had cabbage rolls. Nobody's ever made those for me. So, I was like, what is this? Because I didn't, if I had seen the cabbage, but I didn't see that. I saw what was in the pot. Yeah. And so I just started listing out ingredients. I'm like, this is in it and this is in it. And I, and I'm like, is it jambalaya? I was like, what is this? Like, I couldn't figure out that. I just listed out the ingredients and then they're like, oh yeah, those all make sense. And I'm like, okay, what is this? They're like cabbage rolls. Like at the end. Yeah, right. Help me out here. What is the name of this thing? Yes. I, <laughs> I, but so yeah, sometimes you run into that, but I've. I bet money if that ever comes up again, I'm going to know exactly what that is coming through. Absolutely. I mean, you live in Houston. Go to more of the, uh, obviously not when we have uh, COVID and monkeypox, (laughs) but like go to the Greek festivals and go to the Swedish festivals and go to the Italian festivals and pick up on the weird foods that don't make it to the mainstream. Right. Because legitimately, I'd heard about them before. And I experienced them a little bit when I was living in Pennsylvania for a while, but like it wasn't until I came to Houston and I was going to different festivals uh-huh. that like I really processed in my brain what a pierogi was. Right, right, yeah. And like just get the hang of things. And also, and I can't stress this one enough because I will die on this pe- pet peeve hill of mine. If you get the sensation of fruit and the word kolache, this person is not from Texas. Because they get it wrong all the time. Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah. By the way, speaking to a native Texan, kolaches are a dessert. They are vegetarian friendly. Oh, very good. And they do not have meat in them necessarily. If you're using suet, maybe it's not vegetarian friendly. But yeah, kablosniks are, I'm pretty sure that's the word. Those are the meat pastries. Kolaches are a fruit pastry or a poppy seed pastry. Oh, so we've just in Texas, we've just taken it and made everything a kolache. Given how many Czech settlers you have here, y- y'all got it backwards. <laughs> and I don't understand how you did it. And yeah, no, because I was salty. Um, I, have found a, I found a chiropractor when I first moved to Houston because I can't go along without one. Uh-huh. And he found out that my background was Czech because my, oh, okay. ma- my maiden name is still, is still Czechoslovakian. And I was, he was like, have you tried kolaches? There's so many of them in Houston. I was like, I haven't. Didn't even occur to me. I need to go check some out. Right. And then I found out what you people call kolaches, and I was mad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't digest meat. My body reacts violently. So I was like, all right, I need to find. And I found some places that do some vegetarian right. options. Because, I mean, food fusion, there have been some interesting things on kolaches, and they are... <laughs> on point right Um, they're delicious but yeah no um i'm still mad that i was like oh good you have kolaches they're like yeah here are the kinds we have those are not kolaches and i've wasted a half hour of my time getting here and i'm annoyed at everyone in texas so Um, you mean the jalapeno sausage (laughs) cheese is not a kolache 
no, no. <laughs> and uh, that was probably one of the first arguments I actually really won with my stepfather because he's a native Texan too. Uh-huh. And yo, I went off on him. And it wasn't until I started throwing around other Czech words. He's like, "You mm, fine, you win. That is fair. You're just going to have to adapt to Texans calling kolaches N- not not kolaches and i was like i will re- i refuse to accept this i will die on this hill and uh i will i will i will take any opportunity to lecture the world on the fact that texas has kolaches wrong um not that they're doing it badly they're just calling it the wrong thing right it so is a linguistic problem it's not a it's not a culinary problem because right. there are some that smell amazing that i can't eat or are amazing that i can eat Right, uh, but they're they're not kolaches. So yeah, if you if you get fruit and you hear kolache, they're from Prague before they're from Houston. <laughs> oh my goodness! So any future mediums out there that may be communicating <laughs> with Caitlin, <laughs> if you're tasting, be careful. If you think you're tasting a kolache, you may like be careful with your wording. <laughs> she yes. will be very salty, and she will come back and haunt you. Yeah, I'll, I'll make you regret everything. Or to cater to Texans, mm-hmm. and actually a lot of Southerners, if you hear barbecue and taste hot dogs, that's definitely a Northerner. Yes, that is true. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I, it's, it's the truth, though. It, it's, barbecue is a whole different thing. So another thing when you're working on your Claire Gustance. Figure out what barbecue is and how that's different than hamburgers and hot dogs. Because they're very if if you're working in Texas, you have to know the difference. If you're feeling motivated and you can travel around the South, you can also get the difference between the sweet based and the vinegar based yes. uh, sauces versus the dry rubs. Like <laughs> you can get specific with this. Kind of like here's an here here's what the real lesson is. Here is your excuse to be a foodie. Yes. And travel all over the place tasting different foods in different ethnicities, different genres, and yes. different pet peeves. Learn the pet peeves that go along with the food. They will help you clarify a lot of stuff. There you go. I think that's a great place <laughs> to end it. Be a foodie. This is this is a great excuse to be a foodie now. I'm wondering, oh my God, if I start coming up with weird food tastes in my mouth, I am calling you. <laughs> and I'm going to need your help to figure out why I'm tasting like hard-boiled eggs out of the blue. Oh, I wouldn't want to taste that one. (laughs) That would not be one I'd want to pop in. If I'm actually eating them, I don't mind the flavor. But for that to come out of the blue, no. no. Agreed. A hundred percent. Oh, my goodness. Well, on that savory note. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Thank you all so much for listening. And... Um, because we forgot to say this at the beginning of the episode, we really want to do an episode sometime in the near future where we answer some of your questions. I don't know if it'll be a mini-sode that we just interject amongst other things or if we make it a whole episode, because that's largely going to be up to y'all. We want your questions, your comments, your experiences. We want to be able to, if any of you like our opinions, answer your questions. So if enough of you give us uh, questions, we can do a whole episode. Otherwise, it'll be a little mini episode between things. Yeah. And you can obviously find us in all the normal places, like send it to us via email, instant message us on Facebook, which some of our listeners have been doing. We heard a whole lot about Lilydale in the last week. It was fabulous. I loved it so much. Thank you both for writing to us about that. And then, of course, we're on Instagram, where we actually get the most engagement around those little trivia cards that I put up. Yeah, We get a lot more engagement on Instagram than we do on Facebook. 
But regardless of whether or not you actually send us any kind of questions, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to us because it'll help other people find us. And while you're there, if you have not hit subscribe, then you are gambling every time we, you know, release an episode. So make sure you hit subscribe so you know when you we release episodes. Exactly. And as Caitlin just said, we want to hear from you and you can ask us all kinds of questions. We are open to it. We are excited. So while you're asking us questions, also let us know what you think about this episode. And if there are any other topics you want us to cover, please, because we've already gotten a few requests and we are so excited about those. So we, because we love learning new things. So of course, just like Caitlin said, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Calling All Spirits Pod, or you can email us at CallingAllSpiritsPod at gmail.com. And if you're feeling lucky, you can use one of the Claire's that we talked about today to try to contact us. I have not had a, you know, instinct of knowing that someone's trying to talk to me in a while. So until next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.